Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. Well, today, church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I got a great series for you this week, which is taking your place at the top, the 50 secrets of uncommon achievers. And I want to say right at the beginning, before I forget, that I listened to a fabulous message by uh, one of my favorite preachers, Pastor Matthew Ashimaloa, and he did the 20, uh, I'm going to get the name wrong. No, I won't, because I can find it. The 20 Secrets of King Solomon's Achievement. So I'm going to run through most of those. I'm using his. I'm adding my own thoughts to it. And then I'm going to add 30 more that are from other great achievers in the Bible. And I really believe this is going to be a life-changing series. If you make a point not to miss one of these, uh, I'll be on the next today, tomorrow, the next day, and the day after that. And we should be able to get through all 50. And I may add more to it. I don't have all 50 written out yet. I'm going to do more studying today, but I have quite a few. So we'll see how many we get through today. Taking your place at the top, the 50 secrets of uncommon achievers. And I'm going to start in Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to read you two of my favorite passages of Scripture. Glad that you're on. AJ, Jesse on YouTube, Ninja Buddha. Glad you're alive and well. Lyric, good to see you. Gina on the app, J. Kelsey, great to have you. Teresa D., great to have you. Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving you. I'm going to make this into a book as well, but you can be ahead of the... um, ahead of the curve and have this in your notes. Good morning, Brooke. Congratulations on the baby. Stacy, Lisa, Cliff. Great having everybody on Facebook. Char, Iris, Pamela. Facebook's giving us some people today. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you'll be on land that I've given to you from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. I want you to write that down. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you, there it is again, prosper and succeed in everything you do. I want you to write those two words down. Prosper and succeed. Prosperity and success. Hello, Grants Pass, Oregon. I'll be in Oregon, end of April. Um, Only then will you prosper and succeed in everything you do. This is my command. 
Be strong and courageous. Never be afraid. Never be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Deuteronomy 28. Just over to the left a, a few pages. Deuteronomy 28. If you've been following me for over 48 hours, you've probably heard me read this passage. Oh, good morning in Ocean City, New Jersey. One of my favorite places on earth. Deuteronomy 28.1, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all the commands I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the world. In fact, for the sake of time, I'll stop there. Deuteronomy 28, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all those commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. So you see my title, taking your place at the top. If you do what I tell you to do, I'll set you on high above all the nations of the world. I want you to say this, and I want you to write it. God has a place at the top for me. God has a place at the top in life. You can write this down. I belong at the top. You're never going to go somewhere that you don't think you belong. If you think you can't eat at a certain restaurant because it's too expensive, you're never going to eat there. If you think you can't go to a place because it's a private club, you're never going to attempt to go in. You have to see that, A, the Bible tells you that obeying God secures a place at the top in life for you. And B, you belong there. God has a place at the top with your name on it if you're interested. Many people aren't interested. They disguise it a lot of different ways. But if you're interested, God has a place at the top with your name on it. So it's taking your place at the top. You don't just get there. You don't just because you, you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and start living a good life and a life according to the Bible. That doesn't do it. We all, know, we all know good Christian people that struggle all through life. So the Bible is full of what I would call, hey, Pastor Corey in Cincinnati, it's great, great being with you this last weekend. The Bible is full of uncommon achievers. Solomon, David, Christ, the Apostle Paul, and yeah, I mean, you could, you could name Many, many. Well, you start looking at their life and breaking it down, and there's things they did that aren't common. And they're uncommon steps. Produced an uncommon life. Let me tell you this in the introduction. I'm going to read another scripture. Genesis 1, verse 27 and 28. Then God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. I want you to write that down. Be fruitful and multiply. 
The desire that's in you to reach for more is not a carnal desire. It's something God put in you. If you don't know that, then you're going to fight it. And you're going to get around people that say, well, the Bible says to be content with what we have. And they're going to use that to undermine this verse. Yes, I'm, I'm very, very thankful. Very thankful with everything God's given me personally and in this ministry. I'm not discontent. I'm as relaxed as can be. But I'm not content to stay there. I'm reaching for more. I'm looking to, to double in the next four or five weeks what God's done. We've got, we got plans in place to do it. The desire to reach for more is not a carnal attribute. It's something God put in you and a command to give you. Be fruitful and multiply. The height of spirituality. <laughs> I see you, Garrett, on the app. The, uh, the height of spirituality is not saying, you know what, I used to think we needed to win lots of souls and be on television but the closer I get to God, I just realize we're going to shut everything down. I'm going to lay off all the employees because it's just about being in his presence. bro. No, the presence of God will compel you to multiply. Bear fruit for the master. It's a command. The first command God gave man was not don't commit adultery. It was be fruitful and multiply. The desire to reach for more is not a carnal thing that's in you that you need to get the victory over. It's something God put in you. Taking your place at the top, the 50 secrets of uncommon achievers. Um, I'm just going to throw all my numbers off because I want to add one, and I'm going to make it the first one. The 50 secrets of uncommon achievers. Number one, I'll take it out of Joshua chapter one. We read it before. I'm going to read it again. Be careful, Joshua 1, 7. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. And as you keep reading, I will cause you to, have, to, to prosper and succeed in everything you do. Number one, reject the 50 secrets of uncommon achievers they reject failure. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be a pretty easy, easy title and way to sum it up. Number one, reject failure. Failure doesn't belong to me. Failure is not good. I see no value in failure. There's a, there was a, a song on a soundtrack I was listening to a couple days ago, and it said um, the lyrics were something about how sometimes you have to learn through pain. No, I don't. I don't see any value in pain. I don't see any value in failure. God didn't say, if you follow me, I'm going to bring you through failure to teach you some things that you can never learn just from my word. No. 
I have no value for failure. I have value in success. You're never going to attain something you don't value. I reject failure. If I start a church, it's not going to be a small struggling church. If I'm an evangelist, I'm not going to struggle. If I own a business, it's going to be the best business. Yes, I have to have a day of small beginnings, but I'm not staying there. One time I posted, without putting the scripture reference, I posted... Um, I'm not, I'm not looking to pick on people in the comments, but somebody just put, if you don't quit, you win. This is why I'm doing the 50 Secrets of Uncommon Achievers, because if you're doing the wrong thing, you can, you can not quit and work hard, and it won't work. If I'm putting sugar in my gas tank, I'm, I can't say, well, I'm just, it still won't start, but I'm just going to keep pouring the sugar in, and I know eventually if I won't get discouraged. It, no, if you're doing the wrong thing, which many, many people are, they don't know what they're doing. So please, rather than add your own points and throw some cliches up from a, poster, a motivational poster you have hanging on your wall, if you listen to these, they'll help you. Many Christians can't learn. You know, it almost reminds me when you like go to lay hands on people and they're, all, I, I, they're already like talking. They can't receive tongues because they're already talking in English. Hallelujah, yes, Lord, your anointing is... And then other people, if you, if you bring up a topic, they just start spouting out Christian cliches. You know, it's like if I said 20 secrets to generational wealth from the Bible. Too blessed to be stressed. You know, they just, they just like going to autopilot. I'm not giving you cliches here. I'm giving you very, very important things. Anyway, Joshua 1. Verse 8. Study this book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey, obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in everything you do. So I wrote that down without the reference on Facebook probably six years ago. And you had all these people, most of the ministers are Bible college students. God doesn't call us to be successful. He calls us to be faithful. You know, and taking shots at success. It's in the scripture. I'll give you success. How many of you know God didn't call us to be successful? He called us to be faithful. That's not in the Bible. Faithfulness to the word guarantees success. You can write that down. Faithfulness, if you obey my instructions, they will bring you prosperity and success. I'm going to have you write both of those things down. If I obey God's instruction, they give me prosperity and success. Number one, reject failure. I don't have any soft place for failure. I don't have little, little sayings I repeat that make me feel better that I'm a, I'm a failure. 
I don't see that Jesus was a failure. How many of you know after all Jesus did, all the blind eyes he opened, all the people he raised from the dead, there was still only 120 in an upper room? Yeah, for 10 days. Then there was 3,000. Then there was 5,000. Then they filled all of Jerusalem. Now it's how many all over the world? Two billion? Don't tell me Jesus was a failure. And don't tell me his word makes me a failure. His word brings me prosperity and success. And let's define that right off the beginning. There's no success without prosperity. Don't, don't get some religious idea of what success is. I mean, no, I might not have a dollar to my name, but I'm still a success in heaven's eyes. No, you're a failure in heaven's eyes, hell's eyes, the earth's eyes, everybody's eyes. There's no success without prosperity. Please write that down. There's no success without prosperity. Having prosperity alone financially does not give you success. But there is no success without prosperity. Success will birth prosperity. Prosperity won't necessarily birth success in life. People win the lottery and it ruins their life. They don't achieve anything. It actually destroys them. But success, it is impossible to have success in the thing God called you to do and it not produce prosperity. You know, as this church is rapidly multiplying, I went to go eat at a restaurant that's right by this church. The waiter didn't know I was the pastor. And he told me, do you know this building next to the restaurant is a church? It's packed every Sunday. People fly there from all over the world, and this restaurant is jammed every Sunday. Not only does your success bring prosperity for your thing, it brings prosperity to the area. If your church grows to 5,000 people, there's 5,000 people looking for a place to eat every time church lets out. There, uh, when Bishop T.D. Jakes was doing manpower in Atlanta, the city of Atlanta would give him the, the venue to use, the massive venue that could seat 50,000 people, 70,000 people. They gave it to him for free because so many people came to the city and spent so much money at restaurants and hotels that they wanted him there. There is no success without prosperity. So I, I, I know most people that follow me aren't like that, but of course we have new people watching all the time. Don't get some religious, lame idea of what success is. How many of you know nobody on this earth may ever know your name, but you're still a success in God's eyes? No, I disagree. There's no way to do what God's called you to do on a large scale and nobody know your name. Part of the Abrahamic blessing is, Abraham, I will bless you and make your name great. Write that down. I will bless you and make your name great. I will bless you and make your name great. That's what God said to Abraham. And everything God promised Abraham belongs to us. We don't want to be famous. We just want to make your name famous. Well, first of all, Jesus' name already is famous. Secondly, 
If you do that enough, make his name famous, it's going to make your name famous. Did Billy Graham ever set out to make his name famous? Did he end up the second most recognized man in the world behind Muhammad Ali? Yes. So I, I know I'm probably beating a dead horse with most of you at this point. But I, when I say success, I mean success. <laughs> I mean where people know you have success. There's a pastor in Ohio. His name was Rex Humbard. He had the largest church in the United States. Fortune 500 corporations would fly to his church or fly him into their business to sit with their board and ask him questions and want to know how he thinks. When you do big things, people want to know how you think. It brings success. It'll actually start... There would be some word if I had a bigger vocabulary. Trans something. It would start to trans overstep the, the bounds of what you do. You might be a minister or a baker, but then people are going to want to hear what you have to say in all kinds of realms. Number one, reject failure. Embrace the idea of actual success. I might get, get into this um, in later points. I want you to write that down. Embrace success. I fly in a private plane to go, to go to my meetings. I'm sure there's many people that don't think I should do that, that don't think I belong there. It doesn't bother me. I've embraced. I know where I belong. I know what, how I, I'm going to have to operate to get there. People's little thoughts don't matter to me. They don't. My task matters to me. If you don't, and I'm going to get into that because I have a whole point on it, if not two, but if you, if you don't embrace, reject failure and embrace success, then subconsciously you're going to back off, transcend. That was the word. Thank you, Bruce. You're, if you don't settle that, you're going to subconsciously back off of success because of how other people feel about it. I don't care how the religious world thinks I should act, travel, look. It's not important to me. I, I've had several Rolexes given to me. I've sewn a bunch. I've sold a bunch. I don't care whether people feel like I should... I, I should wear them or not. If somebody said the Lord spoke to me to give you this watch, if Jesus spoke to him because he knew what watch I liked and gave it to me, I'm going to wear it. If my father gives me a coat of many colors, I'm not hanging it in my closet because my brothers are jealous. So just settle that. There's going to be people in your family that get upset that you have success. Know that ahead of time. Don't worry about it. Wow, thanks, uh, Dion. Hi, Brother Jonathan, I visited your church. Just wanted to compliment your team from the guys in the parking lot to the welcome team. Everyone is so nice and welcoming, it was awesome. That makes me happy. Embrace success, reject failure. If Jeffrey Epstein can have a plane to fly friends to an island to molest children, I also can use a plane. I don't feel bad. You can't make me feel bad. I don't feel bad. I feel very good about it. I enjoy it. Enjoy your success. 
Who cares who doesn't enjoy it? You should enjoy it. Because God said in Joshua 1, I'll give you good success. God gave it to you as a gift. It's, your success is a gift from God. I've struggled before. I don't want to ever struggle again. Success is a major blessing. Prosperity is a major blessing. It takes the stress out of life. Number two, the 50 secrets of uncommon achievers. Second Chronicles chapter 2, verse 1. And again, especially for today, I owe a major debt to Matthew Eshemaloa because I never, I never saw these in the life of Solomon. So I'm using Matthew Eshemaloa's notes. And I gave him credit at the beginning, and I'm giving him credit again now. 20 secret, uh, 50 secrets of uncommon achievers. These ones are going to be from the life of Solomon. Second Chronicles 2, verse 1. Solomon decided to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord and also a royal palace for himself. Solomon decided to build. Can somebody write it in the King James? I'd like to see what it says without looking it up. Second Chronicles 2.1. Solomon decided to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord, and also a royal palace for himself. N number two, uncommon achievers establish a clear-cut goal. Uncommon achievers establish a clear-cut goal. There it is. Thanks, Poppy. It's weird calling another man that, but um, that's his name on there. Solomon determined to build a house for the name of the Lord and a house for his kingdom. Solomon determined. Here it says he decided. See, I knew King James would have it better. He determined. He has in one sentence what his life's mission was. He wanted to build a great temple for God and a palace for himself. And he did it. Uncommon achievers establish a clear-cut goal. Your life's mission should be able to be put in a simple statement. If I asked you right now, what is your goal in life? What is it? Do you know why some ministries never grow? They don't have a clear-cut goal. Not just a goal, a clear-cut goal, a tangible goal. What's the goal of your ministry? We want to release the fragrance of worship over our city, okay? That's not a tangible goal. That's... That's talk that people in prophetic circles like, but it, it, it's not a goal. How would you know when you hit it? Your life's mission should be able to be put in a simple, clear-cut, well-defined, simple, short statement. Solomon determined to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord and a royal palace for himself. 
Somebody said, how about win one soul at a time? That's not a goal. That's a course of action. How many souls do you want to win? My father's is um, independence upon God. Our mission is to lead one million people into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. First time people. Very simple, clear cut statement. If you read Billy Graham's, he had a clear cut statement. Mike Murdoch, to publish the wisdom of God, to, to proclaim and publish the wisdom of God on the earth. So if I asked you, what is your clear-cut goal? Can you write it down? And if you can't, no problem. That's why we're doing this like a workshop together. Take some time and think about it. It's hard to hit a small target. It's impossible to hit a target you don't have. If you don't have a stated goal for your life, then you're not going to go in any direction. Um, you know, that then when you have a goal, a clear-cut goal, you know what you belong doing and you know what you don't belong doing. No, that's not a part, that doesn't lead to my end goal. It's not a part of my life. It might have value to other people. It might need done. I'm not doing it. I know what my goal is. So when people say, you know, human trafficking is a terrible thing. People, uh, people need to do something about that. That is a need. It's not my calling. Write this down. Every time, uh, just because there's a need doesn't mean it's my calling. Just because there's a need doesn't mean it's my calling. Orphans need fed. There's a ministry that does that. I send them money. It's not my, my thing. There's many good things. There's many things that are told by God need to be done by the church, but every, everything is not my assignment. What's, what's your assignment? There's a, a, a thing that's quoted a lot that the... Th 3% of Harvard graduates that achieved the most, the only difference between them and the other graduates was that they wrote down their goals on paper. That statement or, or that study never took place. It's, it's uh, internet fiction. But somebody did do a study. There is a study that writing down your goals significantly Those who write down their goals significantly outproduce those who don't write down their goals. Thanks, Wesley. The more, the more tangible and clear-cut you can get that goal, the better. The more prophetic it sounds... I want to usher in the return of the king. You know, the more concrete, it should be a goal that you could explain 
to people who aren't Christians. Even if somebody's not a Christian, I can explain to them what I'm doing at this church and what we're doing in our evangelistic ministry and why it has value. Number three, 2 Chronicles 2.4. I'm about to build the temple. This is Solomon speaking. 2 Chronicles 2.4. I'm about to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord my God. It will be a place set apart to burn fragrant incense before him to display the special sacrificial bread and to sacrifice burnt offerings each morning and evening on the Sabbath at new moon celebrations and at the other appointed festivals of the Lord our God. He has commanded Israel to do these things forever. Number three, he received God's stamp of approval. My dad's... um. My dad's mission statement for his ministry is independence upon God. He has commanded Israel to do these things forever. I'm not doing my own thing. It ties in with what God wants done on the earth. I'm not trying to get God to bless something that is in no way of interest to him. My mission ties in with God's mission. He received God's stamp of approval. Uncommon achievers receive God's stamp of approval on what they're doing. They commit their plans to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. What's uh, Proverbs 3, 5 popped up in my spirit? Trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Number four, 50 secrets of uncommon achievers. Number four, 2 Chronicles 2, 3, and 4. Second Chronicles 2, 3, and 4. Solomon also sent this message to King Hiram at Tyre. Send me cedar logs as you did for my father, David, when he was building his palace. I'm about to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord my God. It will be a place, and we just read verse 4, so I'm not going to read it again. Number four, he announced his goal and explained its value and purpose. Uncommon achievers announced their goal and are able to articulate its value and its purpose. Number, number four, uncommon achievers announce their goal and explain, are able to articulate its value and purpose. If you're a pastor and you're building a church and the city council doesn't want a church built there and they're giving you zoning problems and some unsafe, degenerate government official says, what does this city need another church for? Can you answer them? Can you, can you explain the value and purpose of your, of your goal and dream? Not to you. It's why people should get behind it. 
What is it going to add to the earth? See everybody writing their, their goals, and that's good. And you got a bunch of good ones on there. Uncommon achievers announce their goals. I've told how many people we're believing for to attend this church in the next handful of weeks. It'd be easier to keep that to myself. If, if you think it, you know, in, in unbelief, that way if it doesn't happen, nobody knows what my goal was. But that's not faith. And, and that's not utilizing life and death that's in the tongue. Announce your goal as a leader. Get everybody moving in the same direction. I went out to lunch yesterday, and there were two guys in medical scrubs waiting in line in front of me. And the one guy turned around and shook my hand. I'd never met him before. He's never been to the church. And he said, I heard what you're doing at, at your church. Thanks for taking a stand for everything you take a stand for. I know you want 1,000 people in attendance at Easter time. I'm going to be there, and I'm trying to get my extended family from another state to attend. How did he know? I announced my goal. So a guy that's never been to the church not only is going to come for Easter, he's trying to get his other family to come because I've announced it. Write the vision. Make it plain so that people can run with it. Announce your goal and be able to explain the value and purpose of, of your life's mission. Number five, 2 Chronicles 2.5. The next verse. This must be a magnificent temple because our God is greater than all other gods. 2 Chronicles 2.5. Number five, uncommon achievers value the greatness of their goals and are proud of it. If you don't see the value in it, nobody will see the value in it. The way some people describe their ministries, why would you ever want to come be a part of it? We just have a small church. You know, we just, we wanted to build a little place to keep the gospel light on in our community. No. Uncommon achievers like Solomon value the, this will be a magnificent temple. We're building a great church. I'm not talking about being nauseating about it but you you should value what you do you should believe in what you're doing if somebody asks you i'm not talking about running around telling everybody but if somebody asks you what are you doing hey i saw you have that building over there what are you using it for when you get done describing what you're doing and what god's put on your heart people should want to help it, it should be like wow when, when, when do you meet there can I bring my family? You should, you should have zeal and enthusiasm about your goal. Uncommon achievers, number five, value the greatness of their goals and are proud of it. If you don't get excited talking about it, you've already lost. 
My wife, when we got married, didn't want to get a secular job. She wanted to be a part of the thing that I explained to her, the mission I'm on. Camila wants to be a part of it. <laughs> I was talking to her about what she's going to do after high school. She said, why do I have to go to Bible college? I, I, I listen to you all the time. I want to help you. She said, I want to be your Barnabas. Well, she's welcome to change as she gets older, but that's fine with me. People, when they get around you, should want to be a part of what you're doing. Lose all the self-depreciation, deprecation. I have a music ministry, you know, we have, we've like recorded, I, I recorded a single, you know, I think it has like 60 downloads, nobody, you know. Yeah, what are you trying to do? Repel help? Some people don't have success because they, they subconsciously have already given up on the thing God gave them to do. You can tell by the way they describe it. And again, I'm not talking about being arrogant where it's people wish you'd shut up talking about what you're talking about. But you should have a joy and a zeal and an enthusiasm when people ask you about the thing you do. It should make people want to get involved. We have a ton of volunteers. This church is a, is a baby church. It's not even three months old, and there's a ton of people that are involved. They're excited about what we're doing. When I hear people, we have trouble getting volunteers. What, what are you, do you have something that would excite people enough to drive an extra trip and show up early to a practice so they can be a part of this thing? That might be the problem. Number six, Second Chronicles 3, 3 to 5. These are the dimensions Solomon used for the foundation of the temple of God using the old standard of measurement. It, it was 90 feet long and 30 feet wide. Tell everybody that's in the office that I want to meet with the whole staff at... 11.20. And it's not a disciplinary meeting. That's something I want to share with everybody. Not angry. These are the dimensions Solomon used for the foundation of the temple of God using the old standard of measurement. It was 90 feet long and 30 feet wide. The entry room at the front of the temple was 30 feet wide, running across the entire width of the temple. And 30 feet high. He overlaid the inside with pure gold. He paneled the main room of the temple with cypress wood, overlaid it with fine gold, and decorated it with carvings of palm trees and chains. Number six, he developed a detailed plan. Very important. Number six, he developed a detailed plan. You have your goal. Think of it like this. When you type in on Google Maps or Waze or whatever you use for GPS to drive, you, first thing you have to know is your end destination. When we charter a plane, you can't just take off. 
Where are you flying to? You're not allowed to just take off and figure it out in the air. Where are you guys going today? I don't know, just take off, go up there. and No, you have to have a flight, you have to have a destination, and then you have to have a flight plan. GPS, first thing, you have to enter your destination, and then that computer comes up with a plan that will take you to that destination. So a lot of people have no success, and they don't, they, they're not achievers, let alone uncommon achievers, because they don't have a goal. They've never actually sat down and decided what it is they're trying to achieve. Think about it. Every NFL team, when they have their training camp, they start talking about the Super Bowl. They won. This, we are here to win the Super Bowl this year. We have a goal. Then you start fleshing out how you're going to do it. Many people don't have an end destination. They don't have a goal. But then many people who do have a goal have no detailed plan as to how they're going to achieve that goal. I want to be president of the United States. What political party are you in right now? I'm, I'm just believing in God, you know, like he did with Joseph. You know, he's going to call me out of the prison. And no, you need a plan. You need a plan that will take you to your destination. You need to be on a road that leads. If I'm going to Seattle and I'm driving, I need to find roads that lead to Seattle. If I want to be a president, I need to find paths of daily action that lead to being president of the United States. If I, and, a, and on down the line. What do I need? I want to have the biggest business. I know God's raising up end-time millionaires in this days. I want to be one of them with my business. Great. Have you incorporated yet? Uh, what's that? You need to incorporate your business. Do you have a website? How are people going to hear about you? How are people going to buy what you're selling? How is it going to be shipped to them? Solomon didn't just say, I want to build the temple and hope it appeared. When you read it, he has an extremely detailed plan. Number six, uncommon achievers develop a detailed plan to bring about what they're doing. A lot of viewers on today. I'm happy. Love you guys. Great being back with you. I know, I know it was sparse the last couple of weeks. Number seven. Maybe we can get through 10 today. That would be great. Second Chronicles 2 6. But who can really build God a worthy home? Not even the highest heavens can contain him. So who am I to consider building a temple for him except a place to burn sacrifices for him? Number seven, uncommon achievers acknowledge their limitation. Un and I, I know you want to think you'd hear me talk like that, but uncommon achievers acknowledge their limitation. I can't do what Brennan does. I can't do what Nick does. I can't do what Ram does. I can't do what Magalas does. I can't do what Patrick does. I could list off every person who works at Revival Today, and I can't do what they do. If I could, they wouldn't be employed. I would do it. I can preach. I'm a good preacher. God gave me a, a gift to do that when I was 19. I can preach. I can handle a service. I cannot do accounting. I cannot do graphics design. I cannot uh, broadcast this program that I'm doing right now. I can't set up this microphone. 
If I was in charge of hooking up this microphone so that you could hear me speak, I don't know, watching YouTube tutorials or calling people, I don't know if I could do it by the end of today. Nick could do it in under five minutes. You have to realize that if you're going to do, if you're going to be an uncommon achiever, you can't do everything. There's people that God has to bring alongside you. And there's many leaders that never go very far because everything has to run through them. I found out that somebody that attends this church is an evangelist. They're planning a crusade um, in an area of Pittsburgh that's near the church, an outdoor evangelistic crusade. They've never ran it by me, and I don't care. I'm glad they're doing it. They're going to get people saved and bring them into the church. But if I was a normal pastor or minister, well, who told them they could do that? I never, are they licensed? I've never ordained them. Are they a part of Revival Today Ministerial Association? Who cares? Let people run. In your, you've announced a goal. It's excited people to, to be a part of it. Let them do their thing. If everything has to run through you, you're, you are not going to do much in life. Matthew Ashimaloa, who I'm stealing his notes, or his points anyway, told, told a group of pastors, if you do the counseling at your church, I promise you your church is, is smaller than 250 people. If everyone has to come to you for counseling as the senior pastor, your church will never grow past 250 Uncommon achievers acknowledge their limitation. Number eight, Second Chronicles two twelve. Praise the Lord. The God of Israel, who made the heavens and the earth. He has given King David a wise son, gifted with skill and understanding, who will build a temple for the Lord and a royal palace for himself. That's not Solomon talking about himself. The Bible says in verse 11, King Hiram sent this letter of reply to Solomon. King Hiram was a pagan king. It is because the Lord loves his people that he has made you their king. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who made the heavens and the earth. He has given King David a wise son, gifted with skill and understanding, who will build a temple for the Lord and a royal palace for himself. That's a pagan king talking about Solomon. Number eight, he established a reputation of integrity. King Hiram didn't write him back and say, you think I'm going to help you, you out, you lying scumbag? You've never done one thing you've said. You still owe me money. No. Solomon established a reputation of integrity. Uncommon achievers establish a reputation of integrity. Pay people. No, he meant 250. You'll never have more than 250 people in your church if you do the counseling, not staff. 
Do you pay people on time? Do people have to track you down for money? <laughs> I'm going to give you an example of what integrity is not. I want you to write something down, and I've taught you this before in other lessons. Write this down. Credibility is currency. I said I'm starting a church. I started a church. People moved here before we ever had a building because I said I'm starting a church. They know I can trust, they can trust me. If I say we're doing a crusade, we're doing a crusade. You don't hear a story four months later about how uh, things fell through. Your word should be like God's word. If you say it, you do it. The Bible says that. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. We, and we live in a culture <clears throat> where that's not a thing. I had to cross up with somebody's, with an appointment because I told the person, I'm not going to be there tomorrow. Take the day off. I'm sure you could use a rest. Well, that person thought I was just being like humble and giving them the opportunity to take the day off. No, if I say I'm not going to be somewhere, you can be sure I'm not going to be there. And if I say I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. That's why I tell people up front, you know, hey, we're, at, we're getting married. Um, we would love to have you at the wedding. I will not be there, but I will send a gift. I don't, well, I, I'll talk about, no, I, I have no problem tell, telling people. Credibility is currency. There's a small minister, and he's small for a reason. He announced he was starting a church. The church was all over his Instagram. Then I noticed, he, after, this, you know, after about a year of doing that church, graphics, a name, a rented building, all of a sudden, he was always preaching other places on Sunday, and I noticed nothing was ever said about the church anymore. So a friend of mine talked to him about it, and he said, yeah, we had to shut the church down. But it was never mentioned. So let me ask you a question. When that guy starts the church again, who in their right mind is going to be a part of it when he could just shut it down at will. That's insane to me and never mention it. You know, if you have to shut it down, and that's going to be one of my points in the, in the future for uncommon achievers, if you're wrong, admit you're wrong. If I start a battered women's shelter and it doesn't work out and the funding falls through and I started that as a ministry of this church, I don't just quietly, hey, listen, I've realized that that ministry is not something we're called to do. We're closing it down. Be up front with people. You got to tell people the truth. You can't be shady. If people can't trust you, you're never going to have people come behind your vision. And we'll start with number eight. Uncommon achievers establish a reputation of integrity. If I tell you I'm sending you money, I'm sending you money. If I owe a bill, it will be paid on time. If I say I'm doing something, I'm doing it. If I say I'm not doing something, I'm not doing it. Don't be shady. I follow a, a, a minister on Instagram. He's been married like three times since I followed him. 
And the other two marriages aren't even like mentioned anymore. You know, you got a wife with you in your Instagram pictures. You showed it on Instagram. You're married. Then she just disappears. Then there's a break where there's no women in the pictures. Now there's a new woman that you're getting. Can we hear that was the other one murdered? Am I going to see her on Forensic Files? Why did, where did the other lady go? <laughs> you know. That's not, a, that's not integrity. And people stay small. They don't, people, it's shady. You know, you know who I'm married to. That, that breeds credibility. You don't, you don't just know that I'm single, and then sometimes you see a lady around here, I'll do a broadcast with a lady, then there's another lady, and you're kind of, oh, is Jonathan, is that, is Jonathan dating? That, that, that's the opposite of credibility. That's shadiness. That is not a secret of uncommon achievers. Father, add your blessing to every life. Add your blessing to the dreams you've put in our heart. May they all be fulfilled. In Jesus' name, and I pray that from my heart, let every person watching and listening be an uncommon achiever. In Jesus' name, all the dreams people have given up on or maybe subconsciously thought, well, I guess, I, you know, I've, I'm not going to do great things in life. But no, let many things be resurrected in people that you laid on their heart. Many people. In Jesus' name. Amen. We'll pick this up tomorrow, same time. I want to give you an opportunity to sow what I'll call a dream seed. What you make happen for others, God makes happen for you. Ephesians 6, 8. What you make happen for others, God makes happen for you. I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow into the dream that is revival today. Church, evangelistic association, and everything else that we do. And as I want you to ask the Lord what would represent a dream seed something with your heart and your faith attached to it, I'm sowing this for the, Lord, for the Lord to do for me what I would never have been able to do. I'm going to keep that 66-book offer available for anybody that sows $10,000 or more. We already had the 66. Sow it, but people keep sowing it. I'm believing for 10 people to sow $100,000 before we come to April. And then for anyone that does $1,000 or more, I'm going to send you the Revival Today Covenant Partner Bible and the Revival Today, this is like a preaching Bible and this is like a study Bible. That's for, you know what? Here's what I'll do. Forget 1000 2000 or more, I'll send you all the Bibles that we send out. Dake Annotated Reference Bible. Revival Today, Covenant Partner, Preaching Bible. That's, that's leather. These are all leather. And the Revival Today, Kingdom Builder Bible. 2,000 or more, I'll send you all three Bibles. And then anyone that gives any amount at all, I'm going to send... Um, oh, somebody... What's your name? You, you, you. Burn in Hell Grifter. Hey, I, 
I'm glad you're on because I was going to tell you. Our ministry does an outreach to prostitutes. Bumped into your mother. She said to say hi. So I'm glad uh, it saved me a phone call. Glad you're on today. Then this is my newest book, How to Dominate in a Wicked Nation. Lessons Learned from the Life of Abraham. I'm going to send that to anybody. Um, the Preacher Bible is new. Vera is New Living Translation. New King James. King James. This is my newest book. I'll send it to anybody that sows a seed of any size. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad, glad you guys enjoy that. Here are the ways you can, <laughs> you can give. <laughs> uh, revivaltoday.com. You can click give now. <laughs> Hashtag donate on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook, text RT to 50155. <laughs> That's right, Sarah. <laughs> I'm fist pounding you back. Uh, cash app, dollar sign RT give. <laughs> Thanks, Kenny. Uh, Venmo at RT give. PayPal, revivaltoday.com slash PayPal. If you want to give cryptocurrency, you can scan that. Oh, you have to put donate before the 2000, Gina. But thank you. So just put donate in between the number sign and the 2000. Um, and then if you want to mail it, revival today. P.O. Box 7, Prosperity, Pennsylvania, 15329. If you want to speak to a human being, 412-446-2332. If you're international, plus one, 412-446-2332. Don't forget to claim your offer at revivaltoday.com. Thanks, Lyric, for posting the points. <laughs> Can you pray for my nose? Because coffee just shot out of it when you said that. Father... Help Laura's um, burning nose that I played a part in. Don't forget to claim your offer at revivaltoday.com. Claim your offer. That makes sure we have your name and address so that we can um, send the, the stuff. That's great, Annie. Thanks for all the, the nice comments. Uh, I was going to promote other things, but I don't feel like it. So just, just come see me tomorrow at the same time. I'll be here all week, Lord willing. I really love you. We got afternoon prayer in a few minutes. I love you guys very much. I know I've said that already, but I really do love you. Please share the broadcast. Uh, <laughs> Sarah said, my neighbor's window is open, probably wondering why I'm laughing at 8.30 in the morning so loud. <clears throat> Glad to give you a little joy. Yes, I believe so, Vera. But if, if you call, call um, my office or email and tell them what you want, and, and they'll hook you up. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. 
If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.